0: Welcome everyone! Back to Stock Market Live. Turn it down the music a little bit. Although the, the jams, the vibes, it's always it's a vibe. It's always a, immaculate on a Wednesday. They're great, Wednesday man. Wednesday
1: afternoon. We got Alfonso, we got Nana, we got Craig, we got
0: peace. Greg, Joe. The coolest Jay. thing too is like, I don't know about you, but I've been seeing people interact with me on social media, on LinkedIn. They've been emailing us at the show, Stock Market Live at SeekingAlpha.com. We've seen everything. We've been interacting with you as well. I mean, I've seen my LinkedIn blow up recently. I love seeing all of you guys there. Obviously shoot me a message. Tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you don't like about the show. That's what we're here for. But for the meantime, the market is open. We all know that. I love that little ding, 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 ding. Right. And the market swings have been huge right now, right? I've been watching the volatility index. I don't know about yourself. I've been watching the volatility index and it remains above 30 and it's pretty intriguing to me. So obviously we've been seeing these gigantic swings. um, And I'm glad. So as most of you probably know by now, today in this episode, we're not joined by a guest. We're taking a little bit of extra time and we're going to dive into not only one company, but two companies, their competitors, their brand names, they're recognized all over the world. PayPal versus Block, AKA Square. This what is with companies all changing their name, going from Facebook to Meta, Square to Block? What is this trend?
1: I kind of understand the, the Square to Block uh, name change, though, because like from, if, if you think about it, I would argue that, and, and we'll get into the data here, but Square only has about 1.5 to 2 million merchants that are using those Square readers. You know, Sure, they're doing $48 billion a year in gross processing value through that, but they have 40 million people who are on the Cash app. Right. So it's kind of weird to just completely call yourself one entity of Square when this other business segment has tens of millions of people, customers that are using it. So I I understand Square's pivot there to block. I think the name blocks kind of kind of corny. That's just me. The, The whole meta change, though, that 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 one caught me off
0: guard. For sure. Well, first things I want to go ahead and do for everybody here joining us today. Obviously, as I always say, we're so glad that you're here. We're going to go ahead and jump into the market, get a quick look on what's going on recently. Like I said, the VIX is still over 30. Um, Pretty intriguing level, uh, just to be noteful of. I mean, obviously, the volatility is not stopping anytime soon. We still do have the gap beneath the market. Personally, this is not, you know, investing advice. Personally, I think we could see a little bit of a rally through the end of the year, potentially maybe just December, maybe not November, just December. Um, which obviously would see the VIX pull back since they're inverse correlated to the S&P 500. Uh, But that's just based purely off earnings season. And obviously the big thing to watch this earnings season, I don't know if you've been listening, I know I have already, is listening to every management come out saying that currency headwinds are the issue. So we all know that's going on. It's just how have companies hedged and how are they controlling that instance right now? Looking at the S&P 500, the SPY ETF, this is seeing a breakthrough. I'm going to go ahead and remove that line for you. So we saw the huge pull down, massive move here at, I don't know, pretty strong bottom, short squeeze, short covering. We'll see. Um, And then we broke through the 618 Fibonacci level here and we came back to retest and it's held so far. So if earnings season continues to surprise, I think we could see a rally. I mean, a lot of people come out saying the the 3,800, the 3,900 level for the S&P 500 futures. Everybody's thinking that we could see a little bear market rally to that level. So this would line up to that exactly as well to the 127.2 Fibonacci level here. This is right under 390. So something to keep an eye on for SPY. QQQ, tech sector obviously is, I mean, it tried to fill the gap, completely just couldn't make it happen. Obviously, we remember interest rates, affect the tech sector pretty uh, largely. So it's back underneath that 618 Fibonacci level for itself. And then, of course, the Russell IWM, we still have this huge gap underneath from the gap and go of November 2020, always keeping an eye on that level. But it has been holding this minor trend line down here, which is pretty intriguing, has a gap above the market as well right here. I think what's cool
1: too about the Russell there, Daniel, is if you you know back to your point about these currency headwinds, right? To your you know, we had Netflix say it was a four hundred million dollar headwind for them. You know, all these companies are going to be talking about these currency headwinds, and maybe I'm wrong here to think this, but doesn't the Russell? I would imagine a lot of the companies inside of this index are very domestic they don't have you know they don't have to worry about these different currencies they're not selling internationally it's all domestic revenue and so that's what i'm keeping my eye on is how will this index begin to move as these earnings might look a little bit different than the s p 500 or even the nasdaqs
0: yeah that's a good point i mean yes and no right so let me just move this little zoom thing out of the way i want to show you guys here i think it's under Analyze here um maybe they don't have it usually they have a breakdown of the etf so uh, yeah, I don't see it for IWM. Um, but that's a good point. But I mean, the thing is, is like, if you're a smaller company, yeah, you might be focused on just trying to grab domestic revenue share, or especially right now they should be if management is smart. Um, not exactly the time to try to breach international if you haven't already in the last few years. So that's a really good point actually. So, it, it, but it's interesting to see, you know, watch the, the dollar right King dollar and how it's been continuing to increase in value um something to keep an eye on now before we move on to our next segment i want to go ahead and take a quick recap actually of some of the companies we already talked about on prior episodes here so the first one i'm pulling up is meta because we're getting into earnings season right so actually i'm gonna go ahead and pull up uh you gotta move the zoom stuff out of the way i'm gonna go ahead and load this little moving average set i have here for you everybody obviously the moving averages are still in a significant downtrend line the 20 the 50 the 100 we got a gap above the market here Meta, it's going to be an interesting one, right? They announced the headset. We talked about that. Um, the big thing for them is they need ad revenue. So they got to figure out how they can charge more for their targeted ads and across all their apps, as you're talking about. Then we have, you know, GE. Let's look at GE next. It filled the gap here, everyone. It saw a little resistance here at the top of the gap, but then we exploded higher. Why is that? Probably because it's close to a beta correlation of one with the overall market. Um, so it moves where the market is, but it is consolidating here between the 50 and the 100 moving average so keep an eye on that and then disney as well i think this one's exciting i wanted to highlight this one we finally filled the gap right <laughs> i pointed out this gap so long ago i said 80 percent of the time gap fills they don't always fill right 80 percent of the time they do though and we saw a nice reaction to the upside another company that i'm going to be watching for earnings season and i think that wraps up that so shall we move on yeah
1: i mean just thinking though about this bear market rally that you're talking about, and all these people are thinking of the 3,800, 3,900, I think that's certainly at play, but I I just want to obviously get your feedback on this, but share my perspective that it's really important to remember like, you know, this is a dead cat bounce, right? This is a bear market rally, right? I don't think we're at a bottom. I don't think the economy's turned yet. I, you know, Microsoft just yesterday is laying off a thousand people, right? This is still that bear market rally. We're not over here saying, all right, bottoms in let's go you know maybe if, if you think an inverse kramer perspective maybe right because he's just you yeah. know. but uh but but from that perspective I, you know this is still a bear market rally in, in my opinion and i think we're, you got some tailwinds with earnings but i'm over here i'm not i'm not loading the boat just yet i'm still being patient I'm still sitting on my hands something that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks um yeah
0: No, dude, I'm completely in that group, right? Capital preservation is what I want in a market like this. And I think until I watch the treasury market, the bonds and everything, until that market stabilizes, I'm not sure we can get a significant tradable bottom or investable bottom, right? Because the bond market is huge. You got to remember that. Yields are looking super enticing. The two-year treasury no oxygen, uh, uh, auction, not oxygen, um, is on Tuesday next week. And it's something that I'm actively considering taking money from what I would probably invest to in the market putting it it's a two years right it's two years you get your your interest rate payment every six months it comes into your your account and you get your principal back at the end of the two years so if i mean it's it's considerable it's it's going back to okay well maybe i'll go back to a 60 40 portfolio in the future if it makes sense um but for right now you just gotta you know maybe earnings and maybe the midterm election is what's going to help us see a little dead cat balance bear market rally whatever you want to call it Um, but there's still so much happening out there that just causes uncertainty, especially Russia, Ukraine, and this interest rates continue to hike. And where is inflation going to land? I mean, there's still so much happening until things start to settle down a little bit. Uh, is it the right time to invest maybe in good companies that, you know, have paid dividends, um, that are well-established with good management, have pricing power, kind of like the basic checklist of value investing right? And so that's something that we want to keep in mind as well. Um, Everybody that's joining right now, got to ask you, I mean, you know, it's earnings season, we know it's earnings season, you guys own stocks, we own stocks, what earnings are you waiting to see over the next few weeks, next month or two? Let us know in the chat. I want to get some interest of uh, some stock ideas. Obviously, we're looking at PayPal and Square and we'll tell you what theirs are later. John says he's waiting to see AT&T. Dan,
1: what are yours? I'm over here. I'm I'm laser focused right now on cybersecurity and Google. I think Google right now is trading at a massive discount to their historical averages. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Fast Graphs, right? Saw their Fast Graph free cash flow per share as it relates to uh, the historical and where they are today. They're trading at, generally speaking, the same range that they were in 2008. Which was a very fast kind of blip there. Um, I'm excited to hear what Google's got to say. Is this you know, Is this 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 discount justified? Should they be trading at this level, or perhaps are things just going great and uh, we have nothing to worry about? I don't know. I'm eager to see Google for sure. AT and T is 3M. GLW. What's GLW?
0: Ooh, Am I out of the loop on. here? You are. What is GLW? Can't think of a top of head. I'm gonna pull it up on Seeking Alpha. We'll get uh, GLW. Oh, coming. Yeah. Corning. Sorry. Corning Incorporated. Interesting. We'll have to look into that one. Uh, It's an IT tech company. company. Electronic components. Yeah. Definitely one to... Oh, that piques my interest. All right. Well, let's go ahead and keep things moving on and let's get on to our next segment, the segment we like to play because it's... Initial thoughts: bullish or bearish? Austin, you want to start, or you want me to start? Let's go. I'll
1: start. I'm going to start with something that I think that you didn't read, and it's actually going to be an initial thought. I don't think you saw this online anywhere, and I think this is going to be a first real, real thing. So, uh, AI, artificial intelligence, can now create art. I've seen ads on TikTok by Mr. Beast and Charlie D'Amelio for these AI apps where you type in "flying elephant with a bean ball." you know, a beanbag on its head and AI will create some artwork for that. They're able to monetize kids are playing with this stuff. It's, it's a whole new thing. What are your thoughts on this? And beyond that, what do you think about GPT three and how that's kind of going with like the paragraph and the writing versus the artwork? I mean, is AI really just, just blowing our minds right now? And and, and is our youth really going to play around with AI in a way that's impactful to their day to day?
0: My favorite thing about AI, which I'm extremely bullish on overall, I think AI is going to continue this next business cycle higher, right? When we talk about how do we increase productivity, be more efficient, reduce costs, AI is the answer to that if we can figure it out. And of course, you're always hearing AI, machine learning, like what is that? Oh, algorithms, teaching algorithms. Well, where does that stop and how do we control that? That's a topic for another time. But overall, so you're talking about Dolly too, right? So actually, I being a creator myself, I requested access i got access and we were playing with it over here at seeking alpha me and some people on the marketing team and it's just like what can we create with the art and let me tell you it's not there yet it is completely um, not there There's, okay. there are certain okay. scenarios where it does work out but once if you're too broad in the sense of what you're trying to communicate to this ai engine to create for you it just doesn't understand So there's still a long way to go. I think AI, I'm bullish on AI in the long term. I think copy generation, I think when it comes to translating languages, when it comes to art, uh, art is in the eye of the beholder, right? Or in the eye of the creator, if you really break it down, right? So when it comes to creating something or storytelling, there's certain aspects that can be duplicated based off of a format, which is really all you're doing is you're saying, hey, this is how my brain thinks while I'm creating, And for instance, a few years back, I would have to look it up and send it to you. But there was a movie trailer created by AI. And it was actually pretty good. It was for a sci fi movie and they took the entire film, they plugged it through an AI, it did all the cuts of the scenes, it replicated as your typical sci fi trailer. And it was brilliant. But can that be used for commercials? Can that be used for ads on social media when you want raw and authentic and this new thing that everybody wants to just see the real you and really break it down and don't hide behind the curtain? I don't know if they can replicate that. So bullish long-term, but it's not there yet.
1: Got it. Got it. I think to me, you know, I think about the company Paragraph AI or Copy AI uh, these are companies that take the GPT-3 technology and are able to help you with uh, your blog posts as a content creator, or perhaps, you know, sending an email or or maybe, some, you know, anything to create written content. They are doing that, right? And I just saw a tweet by the CEO of Copy AI, I think it was last week, that his company just hit 10 million in annual recurring revenue. So people are seriously, you know, they're using it. It seems like he's got customers. It seems like people are wanting to, you know, leverage artificial intelligence for their specific day to day, their unique circumstances. But um, to the point of artwork, to your point, you know, art is the, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? It's one thing to write out some cool stuff and have that be very useful. It's thing to say, hey, look at this picture. So uh, I'm I'm kind of there with you, man. So next let me question. wait, let me
0: ask you, have you tried it? Being a creator yourself? You, I've, you've I've had your sub stack, you're on Seeking Alpha, you're writing stuff, you're researching, you haven't tried no. it yet?
1: It's all, it's all from the dome. It's all from the dome. All right. So next one I got for you, and this is kind of back to what we were talking about earlier with earnings that are coming up. I read on the Wall Street Journal that chief information officers say that cybersecurity will once again be their biggest top priority for 2023. So, Daniel, does this surprise you? Is this expected? Are you in the same boat? You think cybersecurity is, is, needs to be bigger? Is it maybe not talked about enough? What are your thoughts on this?
0: I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's bullish, but then I also tie it to companies like Microsoft, right? That's CIOs are consolidating the amount of vendors they're using specifically for this reason, right? If you have all these different users and they all have to share information in order for your platform to exist or whatever it is, there's, there's so many more holes in the system where something can go wrong. So for some, a company like Microsoft that has Teams and 365 and everything else in the international presence and you can run your entire business around the world, oh, by the way, they're the ones that built Microsoft Windows, and they have the security of the back end, like, I think it's going to be a continuing trend. But how many external vendors will be able to compete with the likes of an internal of Microsoft? I mean, obviously, we know Apple security is really tight from the get go, and they control everything. But from like, PC standpoint, and, and operating your company, I think, bullish on overall cybersecurity.
1: I'm right there it's with you, wins. That's what's kind of frustrating, though. So, from the investor perspective, and maybe want to get some feedback from the audience here. You know, from the investor perspective, there's ETFs, I think there's like hacker or cyber Mm -hmm. or something like that. But A lot of these ETFs have underperformed the market, despite some of the kind of shining stars inside the cybersecurity industry, you know, namely Palo Alto Networks, Um, you know, companies of that nature that have been around for a long time have outperformed the market. So as someone who wants exposure to cybersecurity, do you have any thoughts on perhaps like how to get broad exposure beyond just single stock picking or are we stuck with these ETFs?
0: ETFs are hard, though, because it, it groups all of these stocks together and they're not all going to win. Right. Exactly, you're going right. to you're going to have exactly. different cybersecurity like each company has a different offer of a different service. Right. Whether you're talking about Cloudflare, uh, CrowdStrike, Palo Alto, like it's kind of like, do you want your cybersecurity to be from the moment somebody even comes to your page or from the moment they log in? Or immediately checked every few seconds after, like they all have different mindsets of their product. And so it really comes down to which one's the best and where do we start and stop the cybersecurity wall for these specific companies. Um, I I don't know. I think you would want to look at individual stocks in this scenario, personally.
1: Right there with you. And maybe and uh hopefully the audience agrees here one day but sentinel one I'm telling you cybersecurity company ai powered it's all this all this fun stuff we'll do a little pitch on it one day um the so last you. last segment here for you or questioning for you daniel for this segment from my side of things and this one is personally uh really exciting to me because i'm very intimately familiar with this but i want to get your perspective so we saw united health group share a big bump in the growth of total people served uh, this last quarter, and this 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 was driven higher specifically by seniors, right? We see Medicare Advantage coming in at now forty eight percent of all Medicare participants. Ten years ago, this was twenty seven percent, twenty eight percent. I also just saw that hearing aids are now going to be sold over the counter. Are people sleeping on the idea of the secular growth trend of the senior citizen? I don't think enough people are talking about it. You know, you have home health care. You've got Medicare Advantage to think about. You've got uh, community and senior-based living facilities. I feel like there's a lot of things that are kind of investable around this idea of senior citizen that I don't hear about in the circles that I run because it's not tech and high sexy growth, right? Boomers, John says boomers. Daniel, what do you think? Have you heard about this? Get your eyes on anything specifically?
0: Hey, look, let's, let's start off with this. We all love boomers. Why boomers birth our generation, millennials. If you're a millennial, you were birthed by a boomer. Let's thank you, boomers. Um, and also they did a lot, For our economy, right? Like they may have been the last generation that didn't start with computers at a young age, and they had a hard learning curve and everything else going on, and and maybe that's going to hinder them as they continue to get older. Overall, healthcare, I'm bullish across the board, and I wouldn't say for every company, right? You're talking about United Health. I think that company is so set up for success here into the future. I mean, I'm thinking about like we're talking about people are living longer people have more wealth than they've ever had, right? You hear about the people that bought homes in the 70s and 80s. And I mean, they built wealth throughout their life. Now, granted, there are a lot of people that don't have that. I recognize that too. They have social security still. They're gonna be the generation that has social security. Our generation, eh, probably not. I'm not planning on it. Uh, Medicaid, Medicare, all that stuff is there. And I'm like, the technology advancements as well is going to set them up for... Don't know maybe they even live any longer right we all have apple watches now we're all monitoring our health we're you know i think becoming more health conscious as a society that we haven't always been right we grew up on mcdonald's and not knowing uh, originally what cigarettes would do to you or anything right so i think we become more health conscious i think the overall healthcare sector uh there's a lot to be bullish on there in regards to paying in premiums and the advancement of health and what you're talking about like getting things over the counter Um, yeah, I'm bullish on healthcare overall. I don't think we're sleeping on it. I think there's, I mean, there's the shift of the population and everything happening, but I think we're in a good spot. I would
1: agree with that. And I think what really gets me excited is kind of this transition away from fee for service, which is you get sick, you go to the doctor, the doctor's then paid to treat a sick patient to you know, away from fee for service toward value-based healthcare, right? Which is How do we pay and compensate doctors and incentivize them to keep people healthy versus pay them when it's too late where they're already sick, right? Because that's more expensive for the entire healthcare system. And so if it's, you know, value-based healthcare with ACOs and, and either home healthcare or perhaps hospice or, or personal care, things of that nature for these older, uh, individuals, or if it's more community-based programs, where if it, you know, that could be transportation, that could be grocery delivery. There's, there's tons of different ways that healthcare, even from a low tech side can still be innovated for these folks who might not want to wear the wristbands have the hearing, you know what I'm saying? in a very just like straight direct, um, clear value adds for their lives that will save the healthcare system a lot of money and can save these companies a lot of money as well. And, and before you you chime in here, I, I want to share this statistic. I remember when I worked uh, back in healthcare, the, the we're going to talk about PayPal, right? And PayPal's profit or gross profit margins are around 48, 50% the gross profit margins on home health and hospice care is low 40s right so it's like it's not a sexy tech business by any means but you're still making money which is very very interesting and very investable
0: i want to flip the script on you real quick so going off of this healthcare thing i've been reading a lot about teledoc i've been doing a lot of research on the mark cuban pharmaceutical company that he's trying to start down in texas to like automate you know pills being made in factories and help save that sort of scenario as well as you know, Amazon trying to do their thing with pharmacy. What do you think about all that? Is that going to continue to drive the innovation in that sector? Increase gross profit margin. I mean, is that have you considered that into the equation?
1: So I think that, in this again, I, so I worked for Ametis, the nation's largest home health hospice and personal care company. I understand that the senior market very intimately, and our average person was seventy nine years old. They were on thirteen medications and they, they go to the hospital once every two months on average, right? I think that that demographic is one in four people in America, maybe one in five, but it's about 20 to 25% of Americans is that demographic. And the demographic that Mark Cuban, Amazon, and Teladoc are building for is the other 75%, right? Those mm-hmm. are the people who are our age, in our 30s, 40s, 20s, who understand technology, who are open to, you know, having a, a conversation with a doctor on our phone or going having our, our prescription drugs delivered to our house or things of that nature, right? These people over here, they're not doing that. They have no intentions of doing that, but they still need care. So it's like, how can how can we not just provide them value, but do it in a way that's responsible and can take kind of the burden of expensive healthcare off this, you know, already overspent Medicare um, kind of budget that, that we have here in the United
0: States. I would say we can't group everybody together though. So for instance, my neighbor here, he's an older gentleman, 82 years old. He was born and raised in Greece, came to America, lived in New York at the age of 18, built an entire real estate portfolio here, like the American dream, right? He is the guy of the American dream. And I love talking to him about it. And the other day we had him over for dinner and he was like, Oh, check this out. He pulled out his iPhone and he's like, here it is. And he showed me the app that controlled his hearing aid and the hearing aid charges on his little wireless charging pad and he gets to control it by his phone. So I wouldn't say that they're completely clueless when it comes to technology and what's happening. And I think that is the advantage that you're talking about. That's coming down the line. Anyways, I want to move on. Totally Let's right. get into totally your, right. uh, your, your initial thoughts for bullish or bearish. So Let's start with this. The XLE is up 47% year to date. That's current. I pulled that this morning. Are you bullish or bearish on the oil sector from here?
1: I am
0: hmm,
1: I'm gonna say I'm I'm unfortunately I'm bullish, but I don't think it's for the for the right reasons, right? I think I think the price bullish meaning oil
0: oil is gonna go up.
1: Yes. Yes, I think oil is going to continue to go up. I think we just saw in the Wall Street Journal today or yesterday that Biden's going to continue to drain the strategic reserves, right? He, he's talking about, I think it's another 70 or 100 million barrels or something going into the midterm elections. I, I think that there's a lot that's happening to try and stabilize but unfortunately, I don't think we're in a position over the next six, nine, 12 months where oil is going to maintain or go lower. Right. We saw what happened with OPEC. We saw what's going on now with, the, with obviously the strategic reserves. I just, I think the price of oil is going to continue to go up. Therefore, um, the profits of these companies will continue to expand.
0: All right. And I do want to point out Alex over on YouTube says definitely the seniors are profit potential with you, Alex. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. All right, moving on. So Bank of America put out their October fund manager survey and of the 371 money managers surveyed who have $1.1 trillion under management, their average cash allocation has reached 6.3%, which is the highest since April of 2001. And they also state that investors are three standard deviations underweight stocks which is huge right so that's a big move are you bullish or bearish on so many of these smart money managers holding the highest amount of cash since the dot-com bubble
1: i have not heard that that is very interesting to me i want to i want to learn more about that uh whenever we hop off here that is so so interesting wow okay so you're saying Of these 300 plus uh, money managers that they've, you know, sitting on a trillion dollars and of that trillion that's invested across all these different uh, equities and assets, but they have the highest cash position since 2001. That is interesting. So from my perspective, um, I'm, I'm not the person to try and bet against the smart money. Again, I'm just a 26-year-old trying to figure it out as he goes. I feel like the guy who's 59 has probably lived through the last nine of these and understands this and you know, he's, he gets it. Um, I, I think he's sitting on cash for a reason, right? But I'd also argue, to your point, you know, we're under the, the standard deviations under money in the stock market. So I feel like the moment the light switch flips toward, oh, the bottom's in, let's go, I feel like we're going to take off like a rocket. So I don't... I don't know what, what wow, that's 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 interesting. I'm gonna to go me, ahead and pull up okay. so I just
0: pulled it up. Here's the article right here. It's written by our Kim Khan here at Seeking Alpha, breaking it down. They scream capitulation. So they're saying that capitulation has happened in the market, which is why I find this so mm. intriguing. Because people are saying, well, we might see a bear market rally and then, you know, we're going to see it continue to go move to the downside. I mean, our friend Katie Stockton just told me a few weeks ago, she's expecting the market to bottom next year. And I've been hearing that from a lot of people as well. But then you get something like the Bank of America fund manager survey, 6.3% of their $1.1 trillion under management is in cash.
1: See, and I think uh, Stephanie here has a good point, right? Uh, Are they holding this cash because of investors withdrawing their money and they kind of have to hold this cash? I don't think that's exactly how uh, fund managers work, but I think it's an interesting question to ask regardless. So, all right, I got to choose bullish or bearish. I am, ah, so I guess what I'm saying is I am taking that information of 6% cash and I'm going to say that that is smart, that we are continuing to move sideways or down And that they were going to continue to have valuation, multiple uh, compression, and the market's going to continue to trade sideways or down over the next, call it six to nine months. Final answer, lock it in.
0: All right, there we go, locked in. All right, and lastly for you, I've got two here. Maybe we should do them both.
1: Do them both. I'm here for it. All right, let's start with the first one.
0: Obviously, Netflix earnings, they added over 2 million net new subscribers. Bullish or bearish on Netflix?
1: I am bullish on Netflix. I'm bullish on Netflix. Um, I think that again, like this isn't me. It's coming from the perspective of I know the valuation multiples of Netflix off the top of my head. I haven't even really dove deep into what's been going on, um, with their recent earnings. Sure, they just had a four hundred million dollar write off against foreign currencies. Like I get that or headwind rather, but I I think that Netflix, especially now with the six ninety nine ad supported tier, like this is going to be. Absolutely revolutionary for their business model. I truly think that um, if you are a person who is who is trying to consume content, and th- their their library is vast, you've got all the. I mean, they've got what is it? Um, Love is blind. They've got, uh, I mean, I'm telling you, like every time with my friends- Dahmer,
0: The Mole, Bridgerton, they've- Yeah, man, they've got, what, What's I
1: mean, what's, what's all the stranger things and that just drive a bunch of you? Like, I'm telling you, their Netflix originals are crushing it. I really think that that the 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 worst is behind Netflix and they're really to the turn the tide. I don't think it's going to happen in the next, you know, three, six, nine months. That's not going to happen, right? This is going to be a multi-year kind of cycle. Um, but I think Netflix is moving in the right direction for the first time in a very long time.
0: That's a Tiger King take right there. All right, so John over here in the chat says greatest value for the service provided, in my honest opinion. Everybody else that's tuning in for us, i got to ask you, if you own Netflix and we go into a recession, could you picture yourself actually canceling your subscription? Would you join the ad tier that they just announced that they're coming out with? Let us know. I want get to some, get some insights there. Um, all right, then let's do this last one. Kanye West, a.k.a. yay, or the other way around. Yay, a.k.a. Kanye West. Buy social media parlor who everyone forgot about, right? It was relevant. And then it was, that he comes out and buying parlors. He wants to be Elon Musk. I don't know, whatever. Bullish or bearish on this, man.
1: Holy crap. Okay. I think Kanye for the last 20 years, 15 years, have has, has sort of had his grasp on this community of people that. Resonate with his lifestyle, that resonate with his upbringing, that resonate with his dreams and aspirations and entrepreneurship. Like, and and he has. I mean, I remember watching a video of him walking through like the streets of Chicago by himself, no security. And he's like, "These are my people. I love everyone here. Like, no one's gonna hurt me. They respect me. They love me. Like, everything's cool." But now I feel like he's messing around with like with the wrong side. of You know what I'm saying? Like, we got Candace Owens getting in the mix. We got parlor coming up over here. He's talking about these very controversial topics. People can only mess with you for so long, Kanye, until it's like, dude, you, 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 you walked off the deep end, right? So what does it mean with him buying parlor? I think Kanye has sort of like similar to Andrew Tate was, you know, uh, pushed off of social media for saying some very controversial things. I believe Kanye was also just pushed off of uh, Instagram. Maybe it was Twitter too, but he was, you know, kind of given the, the red flag of kind of stop doing that, right? And this is Kanye West saying, hey, I'm Kanye West. You can't do anything about this because I have $4 billion in the bank. And I'm going to go buy something where if people want to listen to me, they can listen to me, right? So I don't think this is a move. I don't think this is an investable move is what I'm saying. I don't think this is like a big, you know, I I don't think this is going to turn into a revolution. A Kanye West does this. A Kanye West does that. This is Kanye just putting his middle finger up at everyone saying, screw you guys. I'm doing this over here. If you want to listen to what I have to say, hop over. If not, go back to your Sorry, lives because I don't care because I'm Kanye West and everything I say is gospel, right? Man, my, uh, that's if, I don't think it's investable.
0: If if I can jump in, I mean, my whole thing is maybe he 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 made the perfect song for himself because I believe, and I'm like, I miss the old Kanye, right? The, the not always in the news Kanye. Um, where just give me another college dropout, man. You're such a great musician, or you were, I don't know. So coming over here to the chart real quick, we got uh, some responses in regards to the Netflix being canceled. Stephanie said that she would be canceling. Ewa said, not changing. Who is Dania, your name's getting cut off, sorry. Uh, Says, I think men won't cancel and women will. She's comparing herself to her husband and the two people above. Stephanie says, agree to us, I guess. Um, Thanks, Stephanie, glad you're here. All right, so before we jump into PayPal first Block, we're eating up all the time, we gotta get into it, but this is gonna tee us up perfectly. So I was reading like crazy, and I teased it uh, earlier through the post and descriptions and everything. There was a SpaceX intern, okay, that penciled some new observations saying that they believe Elon Musk is the founder of Bitcoin. And so Satoshi Nakamoto, right? And I've read it over here on beingcrypto.com. You guys can search this on Google. Um, Bringing up some new evidence is what this intern calls it. So what is this new evidence here? Let me go ahead and jump off here. Uh, Josh, if you wouldn't mind throwing up that first slide so we can read some of this insight that this SpaceX intern, who obviously was in the wheelhouse, started analyzing. Um, So he said he's close to the source. After working with SpaceX, he said he connected all the dots. So what are the dots? Well, so there's this list here that he threw together. Saying you know, let x equals Satoshi. X must have proficiency in C plus to write the Bitcoin source. Bitcoin source code has to be knowledgeable about money and software. Um, there was an IP address linked to Van Nuys, California, at one point in 2009. They have to have concern for payments fraud, public domain graphics. Going down the list, I mean, you guys can go and read all of this. But the last boil point, the the bullet point is all of the above must be true simultaneously. And it's not just stuff about money payments and not believing in our government and X, Y, Z. It's also the way that Satoshi wrote within the white paper of Bitcoin saying, um, I forget what the exact words were about like, um, order, oh, there it is right there in the middle, order of magnitude and bloody. So they use phrases like that. And then this intern went and looked at like, all this you know, Tesla PR documents, earnings calls, everything else saying, you know Elon Musk talks like that a lot. And not only that, but the way they write by adding two spaces after a period is something that Elon Musk does, as well really? as' Satoshi okay, did in the Bitcoin white yeah, paper yeah. So we're talking about like, this intern is like, I think I realize a lot of correlation here, even though he's been trying to you know, hide it and say it's Dogecoin. And Remember, Satoshi's wallet has never been open. Bitcoin has never come out of there. So is, is Elon the founder of Bitcoin? Well, uh, go to the next slide, Josh. It goes on in this article to talk about PayPal, right? So what's the link here is Elon Musk originally created X.com. Okay, that was payment process, and we can get into it in a little bit. But then also... X.com got acquired by PayPal. He became into the PayPal fold, became PayPal CEO for six months until they used kicked out, whatever. So there's might be a little uh, disagreement there. But the mission of PayPal was also to create a global currency and create these digital wallets and create a system that lets people just be able to tr- transfer money through these digital wallets. And that's the same thing, kind of like Bitcoin, right? It's just the centralization versus decentralization. So there's a lot of weird correlations here. Just something to bring up. Obviously, it's all uh, it hasn't been confirmed, confirmed by Elon. I don't know if he ever will. Maybe he'll turn 70, 80 years old and he come out and laugh at all of us. Who knows? And <laughs> That'd be such an Elon thing to do. But that teases us up perfectly in today's topic of PayPal versus Block. So I just wanted to highlight that real quick. Any initial thoughts on that? Do you think that he might be Satoshi?
1: not going to lie, I did not have Elon Musk becoming Satoshi on my 2022 bingo card. Um, mm. <laughs> had a lot of things but it was not that. I so I actually don't think he is and I think I have reason to believe it's someone else. And the person that I believe is Satoshi Nakamoto is Sergey Nazarov, uh the mm. CEO of Chainlink. He and um Vitali um but- buterin, right? Uh who created Ethereum have been in this stuff since I think it's early 2000s as well. He created um the smartcontract.com website the same day that bitcoin.com was created. Uh there's there's a tons of like interesting correlations between what he's done uh, his education, his background, everything with like that, as well as you know, Bitcoin and the white papers. It's, uh, so that is actually my bet is uh, Sergey Nazarov, uh, the CEO of Chainlink. Maybe we talk about that on a on a future episode. But um, I I just I just did not think that Elon might have had it in him. That's uh, that's really interesting to me, Daniel.
0: Be pretty weird, right? All right, so let's go ahead, Josh. Let's get that next slide up, and we need to start diving into this. Awesome, PayPal versus Square or Block, as it is now known um we gotta talk man what's the deal here what's the rundown
1: all right here's the rundown so so here's the deal we're gonna talk about paypal for a little bit we're gonna then Mm -hmm. talk about block for a little bit then we're gonna talk about their financial kind of profile and then we're gonna talk through reasons why you'd get excited about paypal and reasons why you might get excited about block um at any time throw in some uh some feedback so Let's, uh, let's let's jump into this. So kicking things off with PayPal, right? I'm going to assume everyone understands what PayPal is, uh, uses PayPal, maybe even has a PayPal account. But in case you don't, here's just the high-level cliff notes, right? PayPal operates a technology platform company that enables digital and mobile payments on behalf of consumers and merchants worldwide. Its platform allows customers to pay and get paid, transfer and withdraw funds to their bank accounts, and hold balances in any currency they want. They were spun off of uh, eBay in July of 2015. So since the company describes itself as a technology platform that enables digital and mobile payments on behalf of consumers and merchants, I think it's really important to start with those two cohorts of users and understand kind of how that's moved along, right? So total active accounts on PayPal today is 429 million, which is up 6% from this time last year, 403 million. Wonderful. With 35 million of those active accounts being merchant accounts, this is up 9% over 32 million, active merchant accounts this time last year. Net new accounts this last quarter was about 400,000, which is a massive deceleration compared to the 11.4 million new accounts added this time last year, Uh, right? So it's a big, big uh, deceleration there. But, you know, they also say they allow folks to pay and get paid, but how much of this paying and getting paid is actually happening? So they actually report a metric called annual payment transactions per active account. And right now that metric's coming in about 487 uh, which is great. That's almost 50 transactions on an annualized basis per account per person, right? That's that's moving money around within PayPal. It's up 12% uh, over you know year over year here. So and below, I you know I I'm not sure if if uh, Josh threw this in there, but there's a really cool Q2 2022 PayPal metrics uh, slide walks through all the quarters, all the metrics there. Uh, maybe we'll get to that later. Yeah, there we go. And so you can clearly see here, we've got the, uh, the active accounts growing from 392 now up to 429 million, net new 14 million, 11 million, 13 million. And then it really slowed down here in 2022 to only uh, 400,000. So that is a quick little snapshot of PayPal. They're clearly growing, clearly moving in the right direction. Uh, and there's reasons to get excited. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But before we do that, let's talk about Block, right? So what is Block? Long story short is Block, to what we talked about a little bit earlier, Daniel, was they enable businesses, sellers, and individuals to participate in the economy. Square is one of their business segments, and it's a commerce ecosystem that's similar to PayPal, helps sellers start run and grow their businesses cash app is an ecosystem of financial products and services that help folks manage their personal finances right so i actually wasn't able to find the total specifics or the specifics rather of the total square users who who are the merchants there but i did some estimates and i think it's between 1.5 and 2 million uh, monthly active users and I'd argue this is probably correct because over the last quarter, there was $48 billion in gross processing volume uh, that had happened, and which means if you evenly distribute that across all of their merchants, they're so doing about 100,000 a year. That's obviously not the case. They're skewing higher for the 500,000 plus um, than, than it is the 100. But And I'm not sure if you added that, uh, that that image or not, the square GPV mixed by seller size. But long story short. Yeah, is that's there- on
0: there. Josh, throw up this slide if you don't mind so people can see this.
1: So this is what's interesting about this, right? They've got a lot of folks, a lot of sellers, a lot of merchants who are making annualizing gross processing volume of over half a million dollars a year. And so we'll talk a little bit more about why I'm kind of worried about what's going to happen with the recession, how that might impact small businesses, specifically their merchants and, and how they're going to make money. Um, but. If this cohort of folks who are doing over five hundred thousand dollars a year continues to grow which it clearly has uh since 2020 2021 and 2022 here you can see it's gone from five to thirteen to eighteen billion dollars then maybe they might they begin to get more resistant uh, against any recessionary fears versus i mean it's a very big uh it, 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 I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're, you' have a small business doing a hundred thousand a year right less than one hundred and twenty five thousand just the smallest hiccup is going to disrupt your whole business, right? So um, pretty encouraging to see that. So they also shared with us now, that that was Square. Let's have our cash app for a moment. So they shared with us they have 47 million monthly active cash app users during this most recent quarter, which is up 18% year over year. It's about 7 million people. And each of these companies are operating Uh, within these like merchant user type businesses, right? PayPal's got their merchants, Square, I guess, Block has their merchants, Uh, but they've got very different growth levers and a very different financial profile with very different long-term objectives. So starting with PayPal here on this side, PayPal is a cash printing machine like that's straight up right Their gross profit margins are closing in on 50% their free right. cash flow margin is 20% they're an incredibly profitable business their net profit margin is 16% I mean cash is all over the place for PayPal. And to the contrary, Block is a completely different story. Their gross profit margins around this 33% range, depending on the quarter. They have unpredictable free cash flow, depending on how much they're reinvesting back into the business. Um, it should be around one billion this year, but I mean, it's kind of a, a low, a, you know, a very uh, low keel year, six uh, percent margin. And net profit margin is also all over the place. It's very unpredictable. We have no idea if it's going to be a good year, or bad year. It's it's whatever, depending again on these on these investments. So if you're on the PayPal boat, And you're like, Austin, why would I want to buy stock in PayPal? What should I be excited for? What should I listen to in this November earnings call? Here's the first thing I want to talk to you about, and that's account activity. So last year, PayPal's management team told us that they want to have this bigger emphasis on account activity, aka engagement, right? Those annual transactions per year. Right now, it's around that 48, and this has moved up considerably year over year. Um, Here's a quote from there, I believe it's their COO saying, we're not going to throw marketing dollars at low value customers coming in, we're shifting our emphasis toward engagement, the vast majority of our volume comes from only 33% of our customers. And, you know, this will theoretically allow the company to see a higher take rate resulting in higher net profits. I've also got a uh, interesting graph here that I'd found from Barclays uh, that shared when this strategy pivot happened and, and this sort of um, increase that they've seen on the monthly active user perspective. Um, I'm not sure if you want to throw that up or not. Though. Yeah,
0: throw it up, Josh. Look nice. That's crazy. That so is that's, crazy. The big, you
1: know, that's the strategy pivot. They said, hey, we want to go, we want to just completely focus on engagement. And now you've got monthly active users going through the roof. Looks like it's working. Um, and again, that might also know. Here's is that, hold
0: point. on. Is that where, is that when Elliott Management took their stake? Ooh,
1: I don't know. Is that,
0: because that's the one thing that I'm waiting for on this next earning call as well is like, I expect their expenses are probably going to decrease. So activist Elliott snapped up interest in PayPal. And, okay, no, on July 26th of this year. So I'm way off. Um, Wow. So they turned before even an active investor came in. That applaud the management there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They saw it coming. They saw it coming. And to the point of engagement, right? The US census e-commerce data for July and August. So that kind of like, you know, you've got that little last part there. Uh, was actually up 14%, showing that there's a lot more people who are, I guess, over the last couple months were buying uh, online. And this is likely going to reflect nicely inside of PayPal's earnings. But looking forward, it's also important to note that PayPal's total processing volume is very correlated to this e-commerce data that's being uh, released by the U.S. uh, census. So if the U.S. census turns south, just know that PayPal is also probably turning south, right? Uh, PayPal also has a massive focus on controlling costs. You just mentioned that, Daniel, right? They're hoping to control some nine hundred million uh, dollars and, mat- and have that materialize in cost savings this year. And the last thing to get excited about is these uh, the share repurchase program. So they got to spend that cash somehow, right? Free cash flows all over the place. They have fifteen billion dollar authorization to repurchase shares, and uh, four billion of that is happening just this year in twenty twenty two. So. That's PayPal. If you're excited about it not, let's move on to Block. Growth and innovation is the name of the game here, right? They're reinvesting Mm -hmm. all this money back into the business. That means new things need to be happening, new ways to make money, new ways to add to that, maybe free cash flow on an annualized basis. So this could also, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, Cash App Borrow is a new product that was launched in 2020. It allows like an instant cash advance that gets paid back depending on how much you use Cash App. This could add between 25 and $35 million a year to their gross profit, which doesn't seem a lot right now, but that's only for the first 1 million users, right? Only 1 million people are using this. Cash App has 44 million people, right? So how does that begin to to compound on itself as Cash App not only grows its user base, but also activates more of these products inside of its own existing user base? So that's something I'm keeping an eye on. Another thing that I'm thinking about here is, you know, over the coming years, Block is going to continue to link together Square, Cash App, and this afterpay business that they just paid billions of dollars for uh, more intimately, which is going to I think, going to create something called a cash app pay, right? Uh, similar to Apple Pay, uh, maybe Google Pay, or what, what, I guess what WeChat and Alipay is in Asia, right? Block is using Adyen, A-D-Y-E-N, publicly traded bank, uh, bank company, Adyen. Uh, they're using them as their acceptance partner um, and expects to integrate cash app pay functionality in Q1. And in my opinion, I'm over here thinking, okay, Walmart does not use Apple Pay, full stop. They do not use Apple Pay. What happens when Cash App is able to strike up a deal with Walmart to use Cash App Pay, right? Or, or perhaps maybe Target. I don't I don't know about Amazon. I think Amazon's kind of in bed right now with PayPal. But I, I mean, I'm just thinking about these big grocers, people shopping all the time. You're swiping your cards. Makes a lot of sense to me.
0: And finally- Well, Affirm's making... on, isn't Affirm the buy now, pay later for Amazon's platform? They are,
1: they are. Okay. A firm is with so Amazon they've
0: got, a, if, if PayPal is a part of Amazon, I mean, so it's just the different product offerings.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. But, you know, and, and I guess a really cool thing too is, you know, the management team is also really understanding and I guess under, uh, realizes that we could be in a recession. They're cutting $250 million in operating expenses this year, um, which would uh, offset, I think it's, um, you know, we we're talking about these sellers. And I think what's interesting is if we have some sort of recession uh, coming that, that's really going to wipe through the economy, a lot of these sellers that cash app, I'm sorry, block, or Square is taking a, a cut from, that's gonna that's gonna diminish a lot, right? That's gonna come down considerably, and so I think they're they're seeing that the management team is preemptively doing that now with this two hundred fifty million dollar cut, um, and they're gonna continue to do that until they, they they see the tide getting turned. So long story short, it's it's a completely different investment, right? On one side, you have a company who's making a lot of money, cash is being printed, that's PayPal, and seems to be moving. The, the, the company around from an engagement perspective, you got free cash flow that's growing every year, you've got uh, all these other different cool things around an established company. And on the other side of the aisle, you have Block, who's just trying to figure it out, right? They've got Cash App Borrow, they've got Roundups, they've got Seller this, Ecosystem that, they're going to go acquire, you know, Afterpay for, I think it was 20 something billion dollars, like, you know, they're doing whatever they can, and they're just having fun and getting it all done. I don't think that You're gonna see a correlation at all between their stock prices. I think PayPal is gonna be a lot more uh, steady, a lot more predictable, considering the free cash flow, considering the profits that are already in the bank. And with Cash App, I think it's a lot of speculation, right? They're going to see a lot of volatility. There's going to be lots of ups, lots of downs, good quarters, bad quarters. Hey, we experimented with this. It didn't work. Or, hey, this is actually really cool. Turns out Cash App Borrow is going to be a new big you know, uh, moneymaker for us, right? I think they're very completely different investments. And I think before anyone begins to consider either of them to know that, to recognize that they're very different type of uh, investing strategy, right? One's very aggressive and speculative. The other one might, might be considered a, a little bit more um predictable and 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 safe if any investment's ever safe, right? Definitely not. But, you know, I'm getting that.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you make so many good points here. I mean, you're talking about PayPal, who has been the incumbent, if you will, because it was founded back in 1998, hello, right before dot .com bubble, perfect timing. And then you have a company like Block that wasn't founded until I think it was 2009, right? And you're talking about Jack Dorsey versus Peter Thiel. And also, can we just take a second and break down the PayPal ma- mafia? Like oh my gosh, the fact dude. that PayPal insane. has produced. I, I went ahead and compiled a list just to share with everybody. So, what is the PayPal Mafia? If you haven't heard of this, it's a group of former PayPal employees and founders who have since founded and or developed other additional technology companies that we have all grown to love. You're talking obviously Elon Musk with the saga of him getting bought by X.com, became CEO. Six months later, he was out, remained on the board of directors, didn't want to sell the company. They sold it anyways to eBay. Uh, he got his big cash out. Obviously, we know how that story goes, right? Tesla, SpaceX, on and on. Starlink. Now um, you have Peter Thiel, who not only helped fi- uh, founder of PayPal, but he's a VC now. He helped found. Uh, he found the company Palantir Technologies as a co-founder. He also was um, in- the
1: first investor in Facebook,
0: right? Facebook, Stripe, SpaceX. I mean, he's <laughs> he invests his money in with Elon to do his companies, right? He, I mean, obviously. The founder of paypal believes in all these other people and invested in a lot of them you have reed hoffman who founded linkedin who was also an early investor in facebook you have roloff butha i'm not sure if that's how you say his name he went on to uh the vc fund sequoia capital which we all know to become a senior steward and then you have russell simmons who was an engineer and jeremy stoppelman who was vp of technology at the time who co-founded yelp review site for food wow. We love it right wow steve chin who was an engineer Jawed Karim, who was an engineer, and Chad Hurley, who was the web designer, co founded YouTube. Like, come on, man. Like, everybody came out of this company and they were just like, oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, so we go on about PayPal and go into some other things. I think what's going to be interesting for these two stocks, like you're talking about, you made very good points. PayPal is here making a ton of cash. Um, Block is still in super growth mode. In the market environment that we're in, we want profitable companies. And as you're saying, I don't think you're going to see a correlation in these stock prices. Now, we'll get into that in a second because I pulled it up in a slide of the momentum and what's happened over the last 52 weeks with these companies, which looks very correlated. But right now, I think you're going to see PayPal, if they can continue to deliver that increased cash flow, which I think Elliott Management is going to be pushing them on, then you're gonna see PayPal stock probably find a nice little bounce here. Um, not to say it's going to be the bottom, there is correlation with the overall market as you're talking about if we go into recession, our payment's gonna slow down the whole thing. Just something to keep in mind. With Square, with Block, obviously they need to grow. And if they're hitting, you know, the, I, as you mentioned Cash App, they're gonna double down on that, they have Discover tab. If you go back and look at the earnings of last quarter, and you look at every analyst question; it's pretty much about Cash App. It's ha- you're doubling down on this strategy for this product, this platform, and the Discover tab, trying to get people to find products on your site and then immediately link through your payment service because you collect the fee. Can they pull that off? Think about it. Dude. These- I mean, that's
1: that's like Amazon 2.0. I mean, that's yeah. that's. I mean, it's. I mean, it's, imagine if Amazon had its own bank, right? Because Cash App's a bank essentially; they have a checking and a savings account. I mean, it's 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 insane to me. And I think that, and you pair that with Cash App Pay, I mean, that to me is the Trojan horse that no one's talking about with Block right now is how can Cash App with this Discover, with Cash App Pay, and now with Cash App Borrow, like how can they encourage people to that were kind of blocked out of the economy, blocked out of the banking, blocked out of the online purchasing to say, hey, you now have an ability to purchase, we're going to tell you what to purchase, and we're going to take a little cut along the way.
0: Well, you talk about cash at borrow, for instance. This is nothing new, right? I used to be a business owner. We use QuickBooks from Intuit and Intuit now, and QuickBooks has capital they're lending to businesses. So many other companies are also doing this lending model. So, my big question for you, I think, actually, Austin, on the spot is what with what Block is doing, and I'm sure PayPal will do it as well with their capital arm, is that going to hurt banks? Should we be worried about the financial system going forward if all these other companies are trying to lend out loans to businesses?
1: I That's a good question. I'm going to say no. I think they're lending to different people. I think that mm. Cash App is lending... So, um, a company I'm very, um, I work very closely with is, is Moneyline, mm-hmm. right? And they have a really cool uh, thing called Instacash. It's 250 bucks if you collect, collect or connect your direct deposits uh, to their app, and you're, you know, you're actually making money, which as folks would do within Cash App, right? It's a bank. Uh, you can say, hey, I don't, you know, I don't get paid until Friday, but I need to go buy groceries. Can I have 80 bucks to go do that? No problem. Low interest, like no interest, really with Moneyline. I don't know what it is specifically with Cash App Borrow, but I would imagine that that's the type of person that Cash App borrows helping borrow money, right? It's up to 600 bucks, I believe, depending on how much in assets you have in their app. And you can say, hey, I need to go buy groceries. I need to go pay my electric bill. I need to do something in a way that's meaningful to my life, very value adding. That's under, call it $200, $300. And that I think is is what's going to happen. and I think that's very different than like a business bank loan or like some sort of like, you know, shark lending or things of that nature, right?
0: Hmm. That's an interesting point. Glad I asked. Um, So before, we're already coming up at the top of the hour, man. Where did time go? Josh, I want to run, run through some of these slides. Obviously, we got to look at the rating summary from Seeking Alpha on both of these companies, PayPal and Block. If you wouldn't mind going ahead and throwing that slide up, we can just run through. So for PayPal, the Seeking Alpha authors are a hold, Wall Street analysts are a buy, and the quant system is a hold. For block, the seeking alpha authors are a buy. Wall Street analysts are a buy and the quant system as a whole. Let's look at the factor grades. Next slide, please. The valuation score for PayPal is a D D+, Growth is a D plus. Profitability is an A. Momentum is a B plus, and revisions are a B plus. And for Block, the valuation is a C, the growth is a D, the profitability is a C, momentum is a D. Revisions, RSC plus. So obviously you see the big difference here in profitability like we've been talking about. Both of the growth for these companies is kind of weak right now. Obviously block has seen a big decrease in momentum and we're gonna look at that in a second. And of course revisions, let's go to the next slide. Let's just go ahead and keep going. Wall Street analysts, I pulled these differently. You can see the breakout of how the Wall Street analysts are looking at each of these companies, right? So for PayPal, they pretty much range from hold to strong buy. There is no sell. There is no strong sell recommendations on PayPal. As a company for Block, though, you see two analysts say a strong sell, one analyst says a sell, and the rest of these, uh, what is that, 38 analysts that are covering it are between hold and strong buy. Next slide, please, sir. I went ahead and pulled the earning estimates for the next few years for each of these companies. PayPal, you see 17 times for next year. Um, That's not bad in my opinion, right? When we talk about PayPal as being so profitable. Year over year growth, 13%. I mean, look at that. And then for earnings estimate on Block, you're talking about 36 times. They definitely they're they're the growing company, right? They're the newer company, mm-hmm. like you're talking mm-hmm. about. But they're also weren't they the ones that first started with the payment terminals and everything? I think if if they get those in your hands, are you more likely to stay with Square or, or sorry block? That's something that I think about. Or are you willing to switch? Cause I know PayPal, I think it has what's called Zettle now, is their their POS system that they're sending yep. out to people. So Something to keep in track there. And last slide, please. Momentum. I went ahead and pulled these so you guys can see why the momentum grades are different. Block has just not been able to catch a bid at all. Um, Obviously, you see they're on the 52-week range, both of these companies' share price within the last 52 weeks were over $270 a share. Today, uh, PayPal, I think, is trading around $85. Block is probably around this $51 price as well, $52. the fiasco with PayPal. Art is asking about. Have did you cover the current fiasco with PayPal? Which fiasco are you asking about? Because there's oh, oh there's no, we going did
1: not. On. So yeah, the I current fiasco with PayPal around the twenty five hundred dollar fee, I believe it was. Oh, is the how misinformation.
0: Could
1: we yeah, yeah. I have wow. that in
0: my notes here, actually. So actually, <laughs> I'll read it. PayPal's red mark recently was the news that broke that they would find people for information, misinformation, and my initial thought is what are you thinking oh what are yeah. you thinking, that was dude? the you silliest not, thing i ever heard like you're not china you can't do that sorry if that's controversial but like what are you thinking you can't just reach in and take money from people for misinformation that's not the private sector cannot do that and i love that their old president even came out on twitter against yeah, that the company was cool. like come on man you can't do that all right let's see what else we got here both of these companies don't pay a dividend Earnings for Block or uh, sorry, earnings for PayPal are coming up. Estimated for November 3rd, they're looking for EPS of 96 cents a share with revenue of 6.82 billion. Block earnings are on November 3rd. They're looking for an EPS of 23 cents a share and revenue of 4.49 billion. So obviously, let's wrap this up by your take. I mean, obviously, if I was to invest in one of these companies right now, this is not personal advice. This is not investment advice. If I was to invest right now, which I have not, um. I'd go on PayPal. I think, dude, that's I'm so glad the you market, said
1: that. I'm right there with you, man. The market right we're in,
0: you. the market we're in right now, right, is a value market. We care about monies that produce cash for shareholders. We're looking out for ourselves. If there's a recession on the horizon, we want to protect our portfolios and watch ourselves. Block might have its heyday. Obviously, I don't want to see Kathy Wood invest in it because then that would worry me. But, um, you know, in the future, if they can survive this moment in time, which I think they will, they have a good base, a solid base. I mean, obviously they should maybe start looking internationally later on. Um, they're just in the growth mode. and i can't i can't I can't recommend that. I can't go into that right now.
1: I'm right there with you. I think, and what's interesting about PayPal's stock price, and, you know, it's got the the momentum revision was was kind of highs because over the last, I mean, since June lows, it's up twenty-two percent, twenty-one percent. I mean, it even it even rallied a forty-seven percent rally over a two-month period from June to August, right? Like, what's catalyzing that? I think PayPal is. I think people are beginning to see the uh, the, the value play that's that's around here. And then you know, I flip over to fast Graphs for a moment and I look at their free cash flow uh, multiple. It's trading at the lowest it's ever traded at, right? Eighteen times. Um, it, it's it's absurd. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think. Uh, what
0: do you see my eyes just light up penelope here in the chat says what was worse than what paypal tried to do was their disingenuous backtracking and it was huge and i'm deleting paypal for it how many people will delete paypal from that Ooh. Ooh. that's a good point something to think about as well i mean look that that's a big black mark on, on the company obviously um, it'll be interesting to see what they say about that on the earnings call. Obviously, if no, if they don't say anything, somebody's going to bring it up. I guarantee you on that. Uh, Denise says, do you think PayPal could be acquired? Personally, I do think they, I, I don't think they will. I don't think they'll be acquired. I think they're a little too large at this moment. Um, and the, also the other thing I've got to think about for long-term, if this is an investment is, is Apple pay and Google pay going to come in and completely destroy this as a company, right? Apple is offering iPhones as payment terminals. They have the back end. Obviously, we saw the news with Goldman Sachs recently about savings accounts. They have the credit card. They can do almost anything they want. Like it's just gonna be a slow rollout. They're gonna eat everybody's lunch. Google, the same thing. We're talking about the phones. Those, these mobile phones are the connection between those companies and taking over everything. If you buy an iPhone, they've got you. If you buy a Pixel, they've got you. Right. And I think it's the same thing for businesses, for payment terminals and et cetera. So Lindy says, 100%. Thank you, Lindy. Uh, Vita says, unlikely, Denise, given the high profile. People who have been involved with it, they won't go for it. I think you've got a point, Vida, as well. All right. This it's was a good episode. I, I like love this, this. One. We should do that. If, do you guys want us to do more of this, like, little competitor action? Let us know in the chat. Let us know in the comments. Obviously, send us an email, stockmarketlive at if you have any stocks that you want us to cover. These were both, I believe, submitted to us from Stephanie. Stephanie. We appreciate you. We love you being here. John as well. Alfonso, Rena. I mean, everybody's here. Jacob. All right. Jacob, all right. Hold we on. We got everyone saying
1: we're trying to do more of this. Okay.
0: <laughs> Norm, Iwa, we see you guys. Vito Williams. Obviously, we love that you guys hang out with us for this hour every Wednesday. Um, Man, we've, we've definitely got to dive back in. So, any stocks that you can think of. I mean, obviously we can do the ones that everybody knows about, whether you're talking about, you know, Apple versus Microsoft or Meta versus other, you know, social networks. But I love this one. I love PayPal and Square. I mean, I'm a Venmo user. I don't know. Austin, do you use Cash? What, cash app? Man, what I'm use? a
1: Cash app guy. I don't use Venmo. I mean, I have it obviously, but like if someone's like, yo, send me money, I'm like, all right, what's your Cash app? You know, it's just me.
0: Oh, interesting. All right, dang it. Maybe I'm a boomer. <laughs> Shoot, what is happening um all right thank you everybody we only have paypal in canada says stephanie that is interesting there we go talking about the international market love having you guys with us everybody have a great rest of the wednesday um like i said send us stock ideas stock market live at seekingalpha.com. you can find austin on social media here as well i'm on linkedin all the time posting good content there as well come on over comment interact love to talk to you guys and uh let's get some vibes going before we get out of here Everybody have a great rest of the week. Earnings season is in full effect. Obviously, if you haven't checked out the screeners on Seeking Alpha, you can do that. Strong sales, top stocks for earnings season. Go check that out. We did a great earnings webinar last week about that. Austin is on Seeking Alpha. If you guys don't follow him, give him a follow. Give me putting a follow. We're content. talking about fun stuff. Why not follow? Give me a follow. And this is PayPal versus Block. Everybody appreciate you coming by. Everybody have a great day. Josh, thank you as always. Get us on out of here.